0: What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I am your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside my co-hosts, Jack Manis and Andrew Shreffler. We are here, folks. You're listening to the 260th episode of the podcast. Thanksgiving week is here. Another great slate of football is upon us. No teams on a bye this upcoming week, which is very odd. How they just skipped week 12. I don't know why that was the case, but every team playing this week and we were recording on a Wednesday. By the time you're hearing this, maybe the Thanksgiving games are just happening. Maybe they've just concluded. We have black Friday football for the first time this year. We got a whole just every day besides Sat- Saturday and and if you have Saturday. There's a lot of good college games. So it's going to be a great weekend. Um, Jack is in the Miami airport right now, so if we hear anything or if he cuts in and out, that's why. So forgive him for that,
1: and we
0: are good to go. How are we feeling today, guys?
1: Pretty good. Um, I mean, work. I don't know about you guys, but work is over for me now till Monday, which is so get a nice little break. Um, one of my favorite days of the year tomorrow. So I mean, vibes. Vibes are pretty high.
2: Yeah, best holiday.
0: Yeah, it's it's going to be pretty great. Um, I I think all all of us here have uh, a four day weekend, so that's very nice. And if you have to work this weekend, I feel for you. That's that's pretty tough. Um, but hopefully, you get some time at least to enjoy with your friends and family for the holiday. Eagles. They beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl rematch, twenty-one to seventeen, on Monday Night Football we were fiending for a good primetime game for a while. And I thought we were going to get it with the Ravens Bengals last Thursday night. And then Joe Burrow goes down right before halftime. So that kind of crushed that dream. But this game, although there was some, a little bit of sloppiness on the offensive end from both teams, uh, still was a good game. It was close. It was competitive. And, Shreff, I'm sure you went through a wild range of emotions, but you can go ahead and uh, tell us all about it.
1: Yes, Uh wide, wide range of emotions is a is a very good way to put it. Um, I'll start by saying, like, I mean, the first thing that we kind of talked about in our group chat was how, you know, Eagles fans as a, as a species are maybe uh, a bit too hard on their team sometimes, and I think this was one of those days. Uh, at halftime of this game, I had... <laughs> I had lost all hope. We were getting worked in, in every facet of the game. Chiefs, I think, ran for more yards in the first quarter than the Eagles were giving up on average uh, in the run game. Um, so they were beating us that way. The offensive line could not block in the first half, uh, and Jalen was turning into a deer in headlights pretty frequently in the first half. So a whole just, just a whole mess. And then they came out in the second half, and, uh, I mean, just... Like, they have been this entire season, found a way to win the game. Um, I would consider it a pretty impressive win. Uh, I know people are going to talk about the drops and all those things, and, oh, game would have been over, or whatever, yada, yada, yada. But at the end of the day, those are NFL receivers. They need to catch the ball, and I don't think it is fair to just completely discount the other team because a player on the opposing team decided not to do his job. Um, So with all that being said, I'll run through some things that I thought and what I saw. I want to start with the defense. Um, Really impressive showing by Sean Desai and pretty much the entire unit. Um, I had this tweet saved. Mahomes threw 43 passes uh, for 177 yards. That is 4.1 yards per pass attempt, and that is uh, the lowest of his career, um, a a pretty sizable margin doesn't sound like it but in the grand scheme of things it is previous low was 4.5 yards um, which was a win over the packers in 2021 so i mean eagles did all that they could to limit big plays um, pretty much throughout the entire night i thought uh, one of the big downfalls for them in the super bowl was that they could not get pressure on the homes to save their life throughout the entire game i thought on monday night um, it wasn't necessarily translating to sacks because, I mean, I think we all know how, I forget the exact numbers, but Mahomes is like an otherworldly quarterback when it comes to not taking sacks. Um, with that being said, though, they created pressure pretty much the entire night on the last drive of the game for the Chiefs. Uh, Josh Sweat forced, um, and what was it, intentional grounding, I guess, um, because he got to him and made him throw it away a little bit. Um, there were some drops, but I also thought there were some throws that Mahomes had to kind of rush a little bit because of the pressure which led to a little bit of inaccuracy. Um, so just wildly impressed with the defensive line. In the secondary, um, I thought there were, you know, lapses throughout the game, but that's always going to happen. I thought Bradley Roby coming back, um, going into the game was going to be a huge factor, and it, it was a huge factor. He um, obviously was the one who forced the fumble on Travis Kelsey in the red zone. But just outside of that, just in terms of the way that the, the secondary is constructed, I feel much better with him kind of patrolling that slot role. As opposed to a like a Sidney Brown or an Eli Rex, who still found their way in the game. Um, when they were kind of running more like dime package stuff, when the Chiefs were trying to get a little faster, because obviously they'll they'll have those packages where you see Sky Moore in there, you see Jarek McKinnon in there, Kadarius Tony. There, there's a lot of speed to account for. It was something that they didn't account for in the Super Bowl. I thought they did a very nice job accounting for it, um, on Monday night. So, yeah, the defense, I really have no notes. I thought, like I said, throughout the game, there were. Flips here and there where they couldn't really get off the field, but it's also Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, so I'm not going to get upset at them for that. But when they needed to, they made big plays. Kevin Byard showed up with an interception, just did what they needed to do. Um, offensive side of the football, I thought the first half was um, just bad, plain bad. Um, there were parts, that, there were times where they were running the ball well, but they went away from that a little, and then it it felt to me like in the first half they were they kept trying for like the big money shots. I felt like when Hertz was stepping back, there were certainly plays where he kind of turned into a deer in headlights, didn't really look up the field, but I also thought there were times where he was getting blitzed right right as soon as the ball was snapped, and it felt like there weren't really routes that were designed to get him out of trouble if there was pressure coming. So I thought in the second half they did a good job counteracting that. I know some of the like quick wide receiver screens didn't really work well. In some situations, but I thought that the idea was there and I thought, I think it started to pay off as we saw with that Devontae Smith deep shot. You know, something like that isn't going to open up unless you're, you know, keeping them closer to the line of scrimmage, making them think a little bit up in the box. So, I mean, Jalen, the interception, more miscommunication with AJ Brown, which that's one thing that does concern me a little. They're obviously, uh, they've been on the same page for a large majority, but it does feel like there's been an uptick in those plays where AJ's doing one thing, Jalen thinks he's going to do another, and they're they're both guessing wrong on each other. So, I mean, that that's little stuff that you'd like to see get cleaned up. But, I mean, in the grand scheme of things with this game, I, the final takeaway that I had was, like, a bad team doesn't find a way to win that game, and a bad team probably doesn't even, like, really keep that game close uh, based on how it was looking at halftime. So, um, as much as I... Not the huge, like the biggest Nick Sirianni fan, just the way he carries himself. There was another clip that surfaced of him walking through the tunnel after the game. Um, Not a fan of that. Never been a fan of that. That was the worst. It was bad. It was really bad. There's no defending it. Um, But with that being said, and I've said it on this podcast before, when you go into Arrowhead and find a way to win a game like that, I I can't get too upset at you. So, I mean, yeah, overall, um, obviously, you'd like to see. Some things maybe get cleaned up on the offensive side of the ball, but winning a game in Arrowhead, losing at halftime, um, not much more you can ask for. And I do want to pull up one more thing. Um, I know you guys like to do the Kenny Pickett fourth quarter statistics, and I always enjoy those. I appreciate them because I think it is a big factor. Jalen Hurts, when tied or trailing this season, 72% 72% completion percentage, 1500 passing yards, 11 touchdowns, one interception, 113 passer rating, uh, second in completion rate. Um, when tied or trailing, interception rate is 0.5%. That's second in the NFL, and passer rating is first in the NFL. So, um, similar to a Kenny, where it's like a you know show up when it when it tends to matter a little bit more in the end. Um, I've been very impressed with Jalen Hurts and how it just it feels like the, the confidence doesn't waver uh no matter what the yeah. score is looking like so that's something promising to take away okay. even when the stats don't necessarily jump off the page at you but yeah you know, i think that's
2: still the pff created him as the best quarterback when trailing and then yeah so PFF is also in
1: agreement with you
0: mm-hmm. there we go yeah that, you can definitely see that and yeah, just uh, in terms of the Chiefs, very uncharacteristic of Travis Kelsey. We, we obviously had the fumble when they were in the red zone, drop pass. I think it was on the final drive. So yeah, he dropped you know. a couple
1: of it from off the top of my head.
0: Yeah, really, really did. It. You really don't think that will happen to him? You just think it's automatic. So
1: yeah. well, something uh, I, this would be something that you guys to answer too. Uh, Mina Kimes, who I enjoy listening to, was talking about this the other day, and I was thinking about it. Kelsey, I mean, I feel like we forget just because of how good he's been year to year. I think we forget that he's 33. Like, he's he's not a young guy anymore. Um, and she was kind of mentioning how, like, last year for the Super Bowl, they obviously didn't have Tyree Kill, and that's kind of the big conversation that's been like, in the last couple of days when talking about this receiving core. The difference last year, and I agreed with her when she said this, is Travis Kelsey had that gear in him last year, it felt like, where it was like, if Mahomes needs to throw it to him like twenty five times, he can do that, and like Kelsey's going to be there and be able to make the plays and do whatever's necessary. Like he has that like take over a game ability. I feel like we haven't really seen that this year, where it's just like a I'm Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes not- and we're just going to buddy ball you to death. Feels like that hasn't happened. I disagree because
2: um, we did see that this year in one game. It's only been one game, so there's been less, but there's been. Less than a year's past, but he still has he's shown signs of life in that. What game, was that the first Broncos game they had? Do you been. remember?
1: Yeah, I think it was. It was in the first half. He had like a crazy number, like after like two quarters. I think yeah. that's true. He did do it once. I guess it's just
2: though.
1: I feel like we. Yeah, I no. Feel like last it's, year it was almost like expected
2: every game. Yeah, it's different this year, and the whole health thing, and it may it's have been to the Mina Kimes report, but. He had an interview where he said that he's been thinking about retirement and the injuries have been weighing on him um, this year. So, yeah, there's definitely truth to that.
1: Yeah. You, you kind of forget he's 33 because it feels like he's been, like, the same player for, like, 10 years now. Yeah. But he just turned he's, 34. He's 34. Well, right. oh, there you go. One he, one just, one. he just turned 34 in October.
0: Yeah. So, October something. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if next season's the last year of his career. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, I'm trying to think Any anything else. Oh, I, I what I did want to ask you stress was what is your opinion on Jalen hurts being the MVP favorite? Do you agree with that? Um, or do you think it should be someone else?
1: Um, I, I would disagree with it. I, I understand to an extent why he's up there and it's, an extent, because I, I don't think, I mean, maybe you guys disagree, but I I don't feel like any quarterback has really, like, bolted himself into, like, that conversation. I actually think, I actually made a bet. Uh I placed a bet yesterday, I believe. Jack will be a fan of this one. I hated to do it, but just in terms of value, I thought there was only one guy that really makes sense right now to be betting on, and that would be Dak Prescott. Um, yeah. I think he's plus 2,000 right now. And like Hertz, I think, is like plus like 250 or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I I think, I think he's, I think Hertz has shown up in a lot of big moments this year when he's needed to. With that being said, I don't think the stats have really been there to an extent for him. And I mean, it's one of those things where like if last year he was like a, a legit like second in MVP voting type of guy. He's not playing better this year than he was last year, and I don't, I, I don't even know if it's necessarily, like, close. So I think, I think him being way up there is more of a product of the lack of, like, elite quarterback play so far this year. But at the same time, I, I think being the, the odds on favor right now is, is going a, a bit too far. Just, just
0: give it to Tyree Kill. <laughs> just give it you to him have. it
1: doesn't have to be a
0: quarterback why it doesn't have to be if uh, the dolphins didn't have Tyreek Hill they they would legitimately be maybe 500 or worse think yeah, about well, how I different agree. their whole team would be yeah. or a yeah, saying, like, Dak,
1: Dak would be my pick and then in terms of like he he's not putting up the stats but just in terms of like pure quarterback play this year I think Lamar would deserve to be up there but the Ravens' offense just doesn't really allow him to put up those numbers that would quantify like an MVP year. But honestly, it, it, if I was going to, backs up there I, in my opinion, he he's not turning the ball over much. He's doing exactly what he needs to do. I mean, they're not like the most like explosive offense in terms of like throwing it down the field, but he is making every throw that he needs to throw that he needs to make.
0: Yeah, he's a good value. I just I personally I know this isn't how it's the award is usually. I don't even say usually it's ever really thought of this way, but I would honestly just give it to Tyreek Hill. Then I'd give it to Miles Garrett and then probably even TJ Watt. Like I, they would be, I wouldn't think a quarterback would be my top three at all. So I don't know. We will see. Um, I just, yeah, I, I don't really necessarily agree with him. They, I think he's playing worse than last year. Not that he's playing terribly, but. It's just, it's not like that. that. Yeah. All right. Uh, we can move on to the Steelers here. 13 to 10.
3: We lose to
0: the Browns. And as a result, as everyone has probably heard that's listening to this, uh, we, the Steelers have fired Matt Canada uh, Tuesday, right? T- yesterday. Yesterday. I feel like so much has happened since then. Yeah. So, Tuesday morning, Matt Canada was finally let go after uh, two and a half years as our offensive coordinator. Eddie Faulkner, who was the Steelers running back coach, is now the interim offensive coordinator. And parlayed with that, Mike Sullivan, our quarterback coach, will be responsible for play calling duties on game day. So, a little bit of a tag team approach between those two there. Uh, my f- few thoughts here is uh, it's obviously a shame that it's taken this long, uh, probably after last season, you, I mean, we won all those games at the end of last year, but it was not because of our offense. So I think maybe that made his leash a little bit longer than it should have. And I think it taking so long is, is a downside to being a fan of an organization that is T- uh, usually more cautious and conservative when approaching change like that you know there's definitely pros to that uh, not making rash decisions thinking everything through being thorough with your processes but at the same time when something is so obvious that it it, it seems like that everyone in the world can see it but, but the ones making the decision it's frustrating um, I'm very surprised that it happened midseason. I really didn't think it would I don't think Jack thought it would, and I don't think many people thought it would. But it did, and we're here. And I think just people have to be reminded, although it's a good thing, that we can't expect the whole offense to be revamped. It's too far into the season for that. And we have to temper our expectations for the remainder of 2023. Hopefully improve slightly. Um, I'm still expecting a lot of ineptitude. But hopefully, we can just make some slight improvements and, you know, keep winning games and get into the playoffs and see what happens. So that's pretty much my thoughts. Uh, we, we've talked about this every single week, so we don't have to like do a whole deep dive into it. But it finally, happened. I can't believe it. And uh, Jack, if you want to say a few words about it. Um,
3: yeah, I, I agree with you. We've kind of been.
2: Foreshadowing this, or if you want to call it that, or three discussing
3: it every week <laughs> for the past twelve weeks now. Um, I guess real quick we can talk Kenny um, I, th- I mean we could talk about how bad
2: because in Steelers Twitter is the hot topic that everyone wants to bench again, like, no one is everyone's out on them, and uh speak my mind to it as unbiasedly as i can and uh we can talk about how bad the scheme is uh what the coordinator was in canada what we want but i mean bottom line kenny's playing like what the 23rd best quarterback in the league probably if you
3: had to rank him which isn't good enough but uh i so I, i I would like to see him play better these next seven weeks. Um, however, the people that are calling for his to be bench, which is
2: everyone, it's either a Steelers fan or Steelers local media that, again, wants to make a rash decision and, and is accustomed to watching Hall of Fame quarterback play for the past 15 years. Or if you're a non-Steelers fan, you... Did, didn't watch the game, saw his box score, his stat line, and thought back to when you saw him play last, which is in prime time against a where he missed some threes, but that really isn't him uh, coming off that rib injury four days prior. So um, the stats are also down, as we talked about the past couple weeks, because of how good our run game has been. And there's just not that much room for volume of statistical production when we're running the ball this much. I mean we ran for one sixty-four against Tennessee, two oh five against the Packers, and then we'll do right. one seventy-four last week against the Browns who the best rush defense NFL, was, that's
3: something that the run game has been going um going really well. So these next seven weeks in terms of the quarterback, I uh
2: if he show some more show some improvement in the Steelers make the playoffs then he's definitively our week one starter 2024 um and should be our quarterback probably for the whole season we'll see how he plays. If he gets worse then or just kind of stays the same in terms of technical statistical production then probably bring in like a I thought about bringing like a Josh Dobbs type. Um, to kind of push him to compete the day next year with the new OC and see how that goes. So I think that's a pretty realistic, reasonable outlook on where we should be with him right now. What do you think?
0: Yeah, so I uh, I-, I sent Jack my thoughts. i sent a couple people my thoughts, and I'm pretty much going to read what I- what I've written because I thought it summed up how I feel pretty well. I don't think I sent it to Shref so he'll be hearing it for the first time. But I I think a lot of society in general, but definitely football media landscape is very gung-ho about instant results. And you see things on social media, opinions get formulated very quickly, and the narrative can stay in place for a while. He, Kenny's not played well. It's that's pretty clear if you've seen any of the games. Bottom line, it's not going to be good enough to take this team anywhere at where it is at the moment. But I really do think, and Trev, you can tell me if you agree with this, but I think there are literally Hall of Fame quarterbacks that are in the Hall of Fame right now. That if they played in today's era, not not comparing the styles of games, because I know stats are. Easier to come by in today's NFL versus you know forty, fifty years ago. I'm not talking about that. But I'm just saying, like, if they played in this era where people expect you to be good right out of the gate, they they probably wouldn't even be starters. Like Terry Bradshaw was not good for his first four years. Hey, A lot of- got benched. Yes. And like if that happened today, like the off. There's so many guys. Now, maybe Hall of Fame may be an extreme example, but there are many guys that turned out to be very good that wouldn't really survive today's culture of instant gratification, instant results. Do you, do you agree with that?
1: I I completely agree with it. Um, I think I think part of the problem. There's a few different things. Obviously, the media. There, there's a need for like daily content where it's easier to just go first thing off the top of the head and whatever you're thinking of in that moment, fire it off, good to go. Um, and then I think the other part of it is that like, I feel like more recently, at least like you're seeing it in the NFL, you see it in pretty much any sport now where it's getting younger and younger in terms of who like your top guys are. So like, for example, like you see a guy like CJ Stroud this year, it's going pretty much the exact opposite way of Kenny where we're already having the conversation of, like, is C.J. Stroud, like, a top-five quarterback in football? Like, it, it it, goes both ways. I don't like it both ways. And, like, in the Kenny situation specifically, I, I think, like, to go off of what Jack was saying about the whole, like, benching, Kenny Pickett and people talking about it, I feel like going into the year, the entire conversation was, we don't want to see Kenny get held back by Matt Canada. We fast-forward to now, the whole thing that people were talking about Was Matt Canada? He's fired, and all of a sudden, people are like, "We need to bench Kenny." I thought like the entire point of like not wanting Canada here was so we could see Kenny with a fresh mind and someone who might be able to unlock some new stuff. So, I don't know. It it it's just it it's a take machine out there, and I don't think we we've gotten to a point where no one wants to actually sit, watch the games, and wait it out a little bit before making any any true judgment. So, I would agree with you.
0: Yeah, and I have a whole thing about that. It's pretty much going to echo what you guys are just saying. But like, people are calling for Mason Rudolph to start. Do well, people remember? Do people remember that Mason Rudolph got benched for Duck Hodges three, four years ago? Do people remember that? Like, are you kidding me? Like, that there's no way. I I find it so hard to believe that people can sincerely think that that's the best course of action. That has to be just for like views and clicks and attention. Like, you know what I mean? There's no way that they actually can think that. And I think probably Sunday was probably the worst game that Kenny's played, but he's played pretty much that level for the past three weeks. And there weren't any murmurs of him getting benched then. And do you know why? Cause we won and then we lost this week. And then people are saying it now I guarantee if we win next week and he plays just a little bit better or maybe even the same, but if we win, people aren't going to be talking about this anymore. It's so reactionary. Like you said, it's a take machine out there and it's just like moronic to think that Mason Rudolph is going to be the one to spark this offense. And you know what I mean? Like that doesn't even make sense. Even if Mitch or Mason were just like slightly better than Kenny, like what's the point of even doing that? You have to see what you have in your first round pick from a year ago and see if like he, like, you have to keep playing the rest of the year. That doesn't make any sense, and I just I hated when I saw that, and uh, it just made me very upset for many reasons. So, that's how I feel. All right. Um, moving on. Do we have anything else to say before we get into our picks?
2: Uh, no, no, I don't think so.
1: You know, I think that covered everything. Bye, bye, Matt Canada. Good riddance, I suppose. Yeah,
0: yeah. We'll see. I'll be. i would be very interested to see when his uh, his, if there is another job for him in the collegiate or professional level. It's got. has got to be in college. Collegiate would make sense. I mean,
2: if, if there's anything, it's got to be college.
0: Right. All right. So our picks. Let's recap how we did last week. I did horribly. I went over three. Shreff almost swept, but. Didn't quite get there. Let me pull it up real quick. I went 0 for 3. I picked the Bengals to cover 3.5. I'm going to give myself a pass for that one because of Burrow being out. Tennessee plus 7. That was a terrible pick by me. The Jags won by multiple scores. I also had the under in the Bengals-Ravens game, and that did not work either. Um, 46. Jack goes 2-1, so he regains the lead. Ah, uh, he had Minnesota plus two and a half. They lost, but they did cover the two and a half. They only lose by one to Denver. He had the Lions minus eight and a half, which looked like they were going to lose outright. Uh, but they kind of stormed back at the end there. And Jack also had yeah, the Cowboys. My, my Sorry, go I ahead. Met for, my metrics were off, and remember how I said I mean, <laughs> the Lions
2: felt like eight points mm-hmm. better than the oh. Bears.
0: They were not. Also, Jack had the over in the Cowboys-Panthers game over 41.5, and that hit. Shreff hits on both of his spreads. Dallas minus 10.5. They beat Carolina very comfortably. Also had the 49ers minus 11.5, and they beat the Bucks by, what was it, 14, I think, something like that, so they cover that. And Shreff had the over in the Monday night game, and that didn't quite work out. The Eagles' offense didn't really come to play, and the Chiefs kind of stalled in the second half so that over doesn't hit that brings our standings to hey Sheriff, i'm not just i don't know you're closing the gap a little bit it's still sizable but it's i mean if you go on a big run here which i feel like you're due for some luck in the positive direction anything's possible at least to get out of last place, you never know. You may, maybe not, probably won't win, but you probably no, could avoid it in the last place. I am just
1: trying to make it. I'm just trying to make it competitive. That's all I want. To
0: make it do. interesting down the stretch. Yeah, Jack is uh, 18 and 15. I'm 17, 15 and one, so a half game up on me. And Shreff is 10, 22 and one, so still f- seven games down. But we still have what uh, eight weeks to go? No, seven weeks. Seven weeks to go. Twenty-one. So picks. yeah, twenty-one picks. Definitely time to still write the ship and, like you said, make it competitive. As we said last week, uh, at least one of our picks here has to include a spread or total from the three Thanksgiving games, which are the Packers going to Detroit, Washington going to Dallas, and San Francisco going to Seattle. Jack, as our current leader,
3: you are up. All right, I'm going to go for Thanksgiving first because we're kind of limited in
2: where we can go with those. Um and the one I like best for spread, I'm gonna take the Cowboys. It's a big one, minus twelve and a half, but by that metrics I think they're 13 points better than Washington. Um and uh I can just have this vision of this this Dallas beat down on Washington and then friday comes around and ron rivera gets gets fired and the enemy is the interim i just kind of i have a vision that's going to happen and yeah i heard that some people i think florio said that um on part of my day he, he thinks that if it wasn't for a short week he may have been fired after this giants loss on a sunday so things aren't going well watching Washington. Although Sam Howell had a bad week, and I feel like he's kind of new for a really good one, he's a little up and down, mostly up. But so he's probably due for bounce back. But I, I Cowboys I took are just rolling, and it just feels like a spot where they kind of take care of this handily.
0: Yeah, that'd be uh, that'd be very interesting if your vision came true. Everything you said there, big win for Dallas, fire
1: Rivera. The seats definitely scalding, to say the least. Yeah, I feel like with the Cowboys like with the with the schedule they've been playing the last few weeks, like you'd have to put them at like a 17 point spread before I'd start considering taking the number with some of these teams they're playing.
0: Yeah, when they win, they win big for sure. so it's uh definitely I think it's tricky if i I, I don't know how I feel about that one, I would probably lean Washington, but uh i I, I certainly am not going like argue too much for that pick there. So I'm not like definitive and very confident about that. I am going to be going with now this one. I don't even necessarily, if I believe it wholeheartedly, I feel like I just have to take it out of obligation. Uh, Do you guys remember my Tim Boyle rant pretty much exactly two years ago to the day? It was right in the Thanksgiving episode and we know who's starting this week for the New York jets. It's uh it's Tim Boyle. So if anyone doesn't know what I'm talking about, go listen to I think it was episode one sixty. It's from November of twenty twenty one. And I just had a multiple minute soliloquy about Tim Boyle and uh how bad he is. So I think out of obligation, I have to be going with the dolphins minus nine and a half. Please tell me that you
2: look did you look up that that episode number?
0: Pretty yes. No, no, no. I look. I, 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 look. I oh, went back okay. and looked. I didn't. Right. I don't know that off the top of my head. Okay. Uh, I do have a good memory, but it's not that good. So yeah, this is the system play. That system being fade Tim Boyle when he starts. Dolphins by two touchdowns. Give me Miami minus nine and a half. That is the the Black Friday game.
2: Also, I recently learned that. I mean, I feel like it's circulating around Twitter, Instagram, whatever that. Point. Tim Boyle's college stats at Yukon. Um people are like, how did this guy ever get drafted? Um why is he still like around the NFL? Um now apparently he's like Aaron Rodgers like really good friend. So that's why he ended up on the Jets. Because he got drafted or maybe signed as a free agent in 2018 or 19 to Green Bay, stay there for two years, then went to Detroit. I didn't know, so it's kinda, I kind of thought it was interesting and said, "Why he's popping up here in, in in New York?"
0: There we with, go. We ha- we, we have our answer. Color. Nepotism was the only answer to that question, either right. nepotism or blackmail of Roger Goodell. Those were the only two things that could possibly be explain why something so inexplicable continues to happen. Don't get me started. I might, I might go on to part
1: two, but Treff, go ahead. What's your picks? um i'm gonna start with a non-thanksgiving game uh per usual no stats to back it up this is going straight off a feel i'm going to take the jags minus one and a half at houston um this is setting up for a surprise like for the division type of game here um i feel like going into the year we thought that this was going to be the jags division to lose and they haven't they haven't done anything to necessarily make me not believe that's going to happen But the Texans are right on the heels. Um, They're right there. And this is, I mean, this is a big game. Um, The Texans very much got the best of the Jags in the first matchup. I think that is something that will stick with the Jaguars. On top of that, um, I think this past week against the Cardinals, we saw C.J. Stroud come back to earth a little bit as a rookie quarterback. Obviously, passing yards, he still made ridiculous throws the whole game, but got a little careless with the ball at times. Um, This Jags defense is no joke. Um, the D-line is playing extremely well. I think they're going to make it a little hard on Stroud. They've been great against the run. Um, Devin Singletary has been a very nice surprise for the Texans the last couple weeks. I think the Jags are going to be able to stifle that a little and force Stroud to make those throws that we've been seeing to make, obviously. But I think the Jags are, you know, they they took that big loss to the Niners. I think that was just a a very bad spot for them. It was a a pissed-off Niners team that had lost a couple games straight and was looking to turn things around. I think the Jags are starting to hit their stride a little, and I think we're seeing, I think we're going to see a more experienced head coach and a more experienced quarterback uh, get the job done. So basically, pick them, so I'll take the Jags.
0: I like it. That was one of my backups, and I was on the Jags there. I think they win the game and uh, they cover. So, like that one. Uh, What's your second one? Um,.
1: I don't wait uh, I can't do it I can't do it I'll tell you at the end but I can't do it um, I'm gonna go with my total because it doesn't matter when I take my total because my total is probably not gonna hit um, I'm gonna try I'm gonna try the under again we're gonna try the under um, I'm going first game of the day under 46 and a half Packers lines um, Ooh. this Lions offense has been obviously moving the ball fantastically um, everything in this game points towards there being points scored. so That's why I'm taking the under, um, because naturally that's how betting tends to work. Uh, but on top of that, like I said, more just a feels thing. First game of the day, both teams obviously coming off short weeks, both. I forget what the Packers score was this past week, but, um, both kind of ended up in a little bit of some dogfight games. The lions had to really squeak one out, flipping it right back around on a short week. Um, I think they might come out a, just a little slow to start off. On top of that, um, Lions defensive line can get after the quarterback a little bit. I think they'll do that, and yeah, no stats to back it up, but it's a pretty high number for a very early game. And I think the Lions probably win the game, but I think it's going to be a little more chippy than it's going to be like high flying offense to hold of the game. So I'm going to take the under. No Aaron Jones either. So no Aaron Jones or something. And I'm not a big AJ Dillon guy. So yeah, and AJ
0: Dillon's not. You know, you think of him as grinding it out, maybe clock He's runs, not, be, uh, not, not big explosive plays, right? Yeah. All right, uh, so I'm going to be going with the Vikings minus three and a half Monday Night Football against the Bears. Not losing faith in the Vikings, even though they they lost to the Broncos. Broncos have been hot recently. It was on the road, so. I still think the Vikings, although Jefferson probably will not play this week, it's unlikely because they have a Week 13 bye. Chicago's defense still isn't very good. Uh, we saw that last week with Detroit. So I think Minnesota can win and cover. So I'll be taking the Vikings
1: there. I picked two favorites. That's very rare for me. I have no problem with it. I feel like the Bears on this pe- with the Lions game... People are looking at them as a little more frisky but i think the the vikings are just a better overall team right
3: jack your final two uh so my final two i'm gonna be betting on three bad teams Ooh. um
2: first i'll share my total uh i'm gonna go over In the Panthers-Titans game, it's 37. It's pretty low. Uh, I mean, it's like below average total. And these offenses haven't been great, especially as of recent, I guess, last week. Um, But at times throughout this year, they've shown that they're able to put up points. Like when Levis is debuting through four touchdowns, I guess it's not great defense. The Panthers have had some games. Like I remember earlier there, they put up 27 against the Seahawks and they have like 21 against the Dolphins and they, they can score a little bit. Um, and I think just these teams in general, like on the opposite side, they're just so bad. I mean, someone's got to give bad offense, bad defense. And I think the offense is going to find something. And for 37 something much, it could be like a 2117 game. Um so, so I'm going there. Who's home? Is it the Titans home? Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter, but yes, they're home. I'm okay. fine. Jack, you so then, love throwing out
0: you love throwing up hypothetical scores that would that would either hit for your totals.
3: I
2: mean that's what you gotta
0: visualize yeah like 30 how do you get to
2: 37 how how are we going to accomplish this goals?
1: how are we going to do it how are we going to get there
2: my final pick um betting on a bad team betting on a guy who lives with his parents oh the
3: probably, probably yeah. to be there in the giants
2: uh the, i was looking i because as mitchell said just said he's it's wherever I have to pick two favorites. And I feel like I always pick two favorites. So I was trying to search for an underdog. And this was like the only underdog I I like the most, I think. And um I mean the giants aren't good, but to come up and win. Maybe I could be some momentum. And um, this is mainly just a, a bet against the Patriots, I guess. They're an absolute mess. They're on the road in New York. Um, they don't even know who's gonna be the starting quarterback. I know Zappy and Nectar
3: have been splitting reps this week. So, um, uncertainty there and, uh,
2: and I imagine, actually I do know Belichick's record against rookie quarterbacks is very good, so that's working against me, but, um, they can still win. They can get past him by three, uh, they're giving me their Giants three and
0: a half. So, um, yeah, that's what I'm going with. Yeah, I like that one, but the reason why I didn't take it cuz I liked it too much. Oh. Okay, just, that's always there. Yeah, I don't it I just don't, okay, that's good. I don't I don't
2: love it. Like I I'm not like it's not like my I wouldn't bet like a ton on it, but like I do like it. I definitely like it. So, I like I'm a good spot with it.
0: I I just I love it just cuz it makes no sense to me. Like I just think the Patriots should be favored in any game that they play against anyone in the entire league. So uh, and, and they're three they're the they're three and a half period, yeah three and a half point favorites on the road. Like that doesn't that just makes no sense to me. And you know they're they're proud they're pretty much at rock bottom. The Giants have come off a win. Tommy DeVito looked really good last week. So like everything just makes too much sense for that to happen. So that's just why like I'm I'd be nervous. So I really like it, but I like it too much. That's why I avoided it.
2: Maybe it's just sportsbooks are putting in like the the against from the
0: quarterback tax. Maybe Which, I don't know. Uh, I I think they're. I just think they're trying to trap people with that one. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't blame people. It just. I feel like it makes too much sense. My total is going to be coming from the Thanksgiving game because I haven't picked one yet. I'm going to be going with the Washington Dallas under forty eight and a half. Uh, we all know I like taking double digit spreads for the under it hit 60% rate from 2012 to 2022. I don't know how it's been doing this season, but that's still a very good historical indicator that this makes sense. I think it's fair to say that this is probably the most dominant Dallas defense that we've seen over the past few years. And I just think the commanders, I just, I don't know how they're really going to score games in Dallas, obviously. so. I think 48 and a half is a little too high. I probably would have put this in my mind around 45, 45 and a half, something like that. So I, uh, I like this one a lot. I think it was probably my favorite one, but I, I just ran the risk of you guys try- taking it and gladly you didn't. So, um, there I go. Oh, I was, I was a little nervous when Trev said, I'm going to the under and it's going to be in Thanksgiving yeah. games. So that yeah. did, uh, Make my heart skip a beat a little bit, but we roll. Commanders, Cowboys, under 40 and half.
3: Fair enough.
0: Final one. And you are allowed to... You don't have to just take one. You could take multiple Thanksgiving games if you wanted to. Throwing it out there. You know, that's fair, that's fair.
1: Um, I'm gonna go with... I don't love how I feel about it because... Similar to what you were saying with the Giants game, Mitchell, I, I I love it so much that I should probably hate it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take the cheese on it. I'm gonna take the Browns plus one and a half at Denver. My last one. Um, first off, Broncos run defense, no good, no no good. They're giving up the most yards per carries, uh, most most yards per carry, most total yards rushing given up. So, um, for, for a quarterback like Dorian Thompson Robinson making his second start. Should hopefully be able to lean on the run game a little bit. Um, On the flip side, uh, the Broncos offense has definitely found their stride a little bit. Um, Especially with, uh, Cortland Sutton's been awesome this year. I would like to shout him out. And obviously Russ is starting to get back to not exactly what he was, but um, at least some form of it where it's at least recognizable. With that being said, I think they've won four straight. I still refuse to believe that the Broncos are a good football team. So I think they're due to slip up a little bit. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I just think this Browns defense just keeps playing at like, like the best defense in football. Um, Broncos receivers have been good, but Denzel Ward and Martin Emerson are playing at like an all pro level, both of them. Um, so I think that continues this week. And yeah, these are two teams that I don't think we're expected to be looking the way they're looking right now. But, uh, I think the Browns, I think the Browns take care of business road game. So a little tricky, but, um, I think the Browns are just the better football team, and I think the defense is gonna is gonna dominate a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I'm completely agree
0: with you in terms of that. Was the oddly enough the two I really like, really
1: really liked. I just I didn't do because like I feel like it feels like a trap. Yeah, it feels like a big trap, but I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna bite I'm gonna bite the cheese. So
0: okay, our picks are Jack Cowboys minus twelve and a half, the Giants plus three and a half. And the Panthers, Titans, over 37. I went with the Dolphins, minus 9.5. The Vikings, minus 3.5. And the Commanders, Cowboys, under 48.5. Jeff went with Jacksonville, minus 1.5. Cleveland, plus 1.5. And the Packers, Lions, under 46.5. We've made it. We've made it to the best day of the regular season, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Agreed. Well, we didn't yet. We're six hours away or so, but... Um, anything else, any other backups you guys like to say the other, the other ones I liked that we didn't mention. Uh, I liked Philadelphia minus three. I know Buffalo just destroyed the jets, but still think you guys are definitely a field goal more than the bills right now
1: personally. So that was the only other honorable mention we didn't meant that we didn't say that I had written down. Um, the one I almost did that I took back and said, I would say at the end, I wanted to go three weeks in a row and take the Niners to cover just for just to you know ride the hot hand, but then I forgot who they were playing against and how I do when I bet either for or against Seattle, so decided to avoid it yeah they the, you gotta you gotta get i said it. in the group chat i had a I, I didn't pick it for the show, but I had Seahawks money line this past Sunday, and we know how that went what uh what step in the
0: in the in the twelve step process or the what's it called
1: are you in meets anonymous uh I'm definitely past denial, because now, I, because now I don't take... like Denial would be me saying, no, this time will be different, and betting them. Um, so, I mean, in terms of off the show, I might still be in the denial phase, but I guess I'm at the next step um, on the show in terms of picking them.
0: I'm going to look up, what is it, the 12 Stages of Grief or something? Yeah, I think yeah. That's what it is. All right, so let's read them off real quick. You are... Jack had to go, by the way. That's why he's yes. not saying anyone, everyone. He uh, His gait changed at the at the airport. 12 stages of grief. What are they?
3: Okay. This one has way more than 12. Oh. I find I'm this is great. Me. This is great podcasting. I can figure out where I'm at once you read them off. Okay. So. The heck? Why is it so hard to find? I feel like the seven stages of grief. Or six yeah. stages. I feel like there's a small version. Okay. I think this is it. Denial? Ah, huh. uh, that's not true. Denial's definitely number one though. Okay, I think this is it.
0: Then I think there was only five, five main ones. Oh, I I, I see it. Now. Denial, anger, depression, bargaining, and acceptance. Yeah,
1: so I think there was definitely, I mean, there, there was definitely, anger. I, I definitely got through the anger stage. I feel like I went through many meet Carol rants over the years here.
0: I think um, you're either in bargaining or acceptance,
1: personally. I, I think I'm 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 getting into acceptance. I think the the off the podcast version of me probably isn't quite there yet because, like I said, I, I did just take a money line yesterday uh, the other day, but on the podcast I think I'm very much in acceptance because there, there's been multiple times this year where I've like been ready to pick a game involving them and then realized what I was doing and stopped myself in the moment.
0: Okay, yeah, I think you're towards the end. So, I think so too. I'm I'm glad to be your sponsor uh, in yes. MA. Thank you, and I'll need your check. Okay, good. All right. Well that's our episode folks. Thank you so much for listening. Um Go football and have a great wonderful Thanksgiving. Football.